This episode, we talk about some of the foundational principles of conservatism and why I believe conservative values are the best for our nation and for us as individuals. My name is Jacqueline, and I'm just an American. Conservatives in America are in a weird and a possibly unprecedented place. We have a Republican in the White House, and Republicans are in control of one chamber of Congress. But at the same time, conservatives across the country, everyday conservative Americans, feel culturally bullied into silence. This is not just my personal opinion. There was a study released just last month on July 22nd by the Cato Institute that did a survey about how Americans feel about being able to express their political views and their political ideas. And what it found was that the majority of Americans felt that they could not openly express their political opinions. This is something that actually did go across political lines. 52% of people who identified identified as liberals felt that they needed to self-censor, as did 64% of moderates and 77% of conservatives. The only group that felt that they did not need to censor themselves and their political views were people who identified as strong liberals. According to this study, the more conservative people got, the more they felt that they needed to censor their political opinions in order to avoid facing any sort of backlash. This is something that I think is pretty obvious as we look around that this is the situation that we are in. And the truth is, and I've said this before, is that it really seems that the left has won the narrative. The conversations that we have in our culture, the national dialogue and the way that our culture is right now is absolutely dominated by leftist talking points. And this is not even moderate liberal talking points or just your average liberal political opinions. This is strong, very radical leftist opinions that have succeeded in taking over our national conversations. I blame Republicans for this, really, at the end of the day. I think that Republican politicians over the last several generations have failed miserably in adequately explaining conservative values to the American people. Conservatives who have had platforms, who have had power, um, even religious leaders, have really given up on the culture. They have seen the universities going more and more liberal, extreme liberal left. They have seen the mainstream media going more and more liberal left and Hollywood and the big tech companies and social media companies who are actively censoring conservatives while not doing the same to liberals. They see all this happening and they have done absolutely nothing about it. And it's not so much that the government needs to step in and do something about it. It is that conservatives need to stand up and the Republican Party is supposedly the party that represents conservatives' ideas in America. It is their job and it has been their job to stand up and say, you know, this is what conservative values are. And they have not succeeded in doing that. And so what we have ended up with is we have ended up with this caricature that is painted of conservatives as these not just decent Americans that have a different worldview that maybe look at, you know, certain segments of or aspects of our culture and our political landscape and think differently that maybe disagree with us on how much gun control we should have or on taxes or on the death penalty or things like that. No, it's not about that. It is if you are 
are on the right, if you are a Republican, if you are a conservative, you are a racist, you are a sexist, a bigot, homophobic, xenophobic, you're you're a Nazi. I mean, they've come right out and basically said that if you are on the right in this country, you are a Nazi. Republicans have counted on what we hear all the time, which is the silent majority. They have counted on the idea that no matter who controls the narrative, no matter who the loudest voices are, that there is a majority of Americans who still holds to conservative values and that that is going to just always carry them through and carry them into a place where they will always be able to continue to win elections and they will always be able to continue to have power because of that silent majority. But the problem is, is that as long as that, as conservatives in this country continue to be silent and every day conservatives are becoming more and more silent because of not just the bullying and not just the name calling, but actual ramifications, actual consequences, people who are getting fired, people who are losing their livelihoods, people who are who are being silenced, like if they have a radio show or if they have a television program, that they are being silenced. I mean, we, we see boycotts of companies like Goya because the, the CEO of Goya came out and praised President Trump and they, they now have to be canceled, okay? We see cancel culture and all of this. So it is, there are actually serious ramifications and these ramifications just for having conservative and Republican viewpoints are becoming more and more widespread and it's happening more and more often. And as long as conservatives and Republicans count on the quote unquote silent majority and continue to be silent about what it is that conservatives actually believe in. We are not going to remain the majority. If we are still the majority at this point, it's not going to last for very much longer. So what I kind of want to talk about today is really just get at the heart of the issue and talk about what are conservative values? What are conservative ideas? And what is it that people who in this country who consider themselves conservatives actually believe? Conservatives believe in individual freedom and liberty. We believe that people are perfectly capable of ruling over their own lives. We think that people are able to make their own decisions. They're able to work hard and decide what is best for themselves and their families. This is why conservatives are the party of small government. We believe that the government should be as small as possible to take care only of those certain aspects of our lives that we simply cannot take care of on our own. Things like safety, things like protection from foreign interference. I can't fight off an invading army, but the national government, the federal government can But we believe that when it comes to the everyday aspects of our lives and things that we can take care of on our own, that we should take care of on our own. And we should not rely on the government to do that. That is also why conservatives believe more in the concept of federalism and more in the strong local control in government, whether it's state or local government, than in having a strong federal government. The idea behind that is twofold. The first part of it is that when the local governments have more control over the things that more directly affect our lives, we actually have a greater say in what they do and in who is in charge. Because your vote, if your vote in your city, for example, is one of 60,000, that is going to carry a lot more weight than your vote in a nation of 300 million people. And so that's the first part of it. The second part of it is the recognition that we live in a geographically and culturally diverse nation. We live 
in a massive country. And there are people who are going to live in the heart of Manhattan who are going to have very different values and very different needs and wants from their government than someone who lives, let's say, on a farm in the middle of Nebraska who is a mile away from their nearest neighbor. And so the idea behind federalism is that the greater control and of things that affect our daily lives happens at the local level and it happens at the state level so that it can cater more towards the lives and towards the cultures and towards the values of people who live in that specific area. Conservatives believe that America is the land of opportunity. We believe that even though we are not a perfect country and that we still have plenty of challenges, that we have a fantastic level of equality of opportunity in this country. We believe that if you live in the United States of America and if you work hard and you make good choices and you do the right thing and not the wrong thing and not make bad choices, that you can succeed in having a successful life in this country. We also understand that that success is going to look different for different people. For some people, that success is going to turn them into millionaires and billionaires. And for others, that success is going to look like a comfortable life living in the suburbs where you can buy the things that your family needs and maybe take a vacation once in a while. The fact that America is the land of opportunity has been shared by the millions of people who have immigrated to our shores over the last 244 years from countries around the world. While, again, the United States is, there's always room for improvement, we have an amazing level of equal opportunity in this country for anybody who's willing to work hard and make good choices, and people from around the world see that. Consistently, the United States of America is the number one destination on the wish list of people around the world who want to to immigrate to a different country. According to the World Economic Forum, about 14% of the world's population would like to immigrate to a different country. Of that 14%, 21% want to come to the United States. Second place is Germany at 6%. So the United States, for all of our challenges and all of our problems, continues to be year after year after year, the number one place that people who live in different countries want to immigrate to. When you look around at the current narrative, when you turn on the news right now and you see the way that they talk about the United States of America, you would think this was the land of oppression. You would think that this was just this horrible country that nobody wanted to come to. And yet we continue to be the country that the most people around the world want to come to. And that really should tell us something. And yet for people who live here and too many people who unfortunately are very ignorant of history and who have not traveled very much around the world, they don't see see that and they don't understand that. Conservatives understand that with that freedom comes the need for personal responsibility and accepting the consequences of our actions. If you commit a crime, you need to go to jail and serve the time for that crime. If you make a bad choice, you need to accept the consequences for that bad choice. You need to take responsibility for that choice. And then you need to dust yourself off and pick yourself up and move on and try to make better choices and make your life go into the direction that it needs to go into. We believe in hard work and we believe in personal responsibility. Conservatives also believe that truth is objective and not subjective. This is something that we continue to also see decline more and more in this country and more people keep arguing with things like, oh, it's your truth. And this person is just speaking their truth. And conservatives, at least for the most part, believe that there is no such thing as your truth or someone else's truth, okay? There is opinion and then there is fact. There is 
your experience, which is fine. And it's perfectly fine for people to share their lived experiences. But just because somebody has a lived experience does not mean that everything in their experience is the truth. Truth is objective. Okay. I mean, there was actually a conflict or this like this back and forth on Twitter last week where people were arguing about whether or not two plus two equals four because there are so many people in this country who are starting to go down the path of truth is subjective and therefore there cannot be anything in this world that is objectively true. And of course that that is ridiculous. And I think that the majority of people think that it's ridiculous, but it really is starting to be something that is a conservative value. And kind of going off of, of pure conservatism for a moment, but um, a lot of conservatives are Christian. And that doesn't mean that all Christians are conservatives or all conservatives are Christians, but Christianity and conservatism do oftentimes go hand in hand. And I do think that it is linked a, very heavily to this idea of whether or not truth is objective and whether or not morality is objective. Christians believe that morality is objective, not subjective. We believe and that there is a God and there is a creator and he determines what is moral and what is not moral. And of course, if you don't believe in God, then it makes sense that you would go down the moral relativist you know, road or path. Um, but Christians don't believe that. We believe that morality is objective and we believe that truth is objective. Liberals tend to believe more in collectivism and the ideas of social justice. And in one of my first episodes, I talked about the differences between social justice and actual justice, at least in my opinion. And it really does come down to the collective versus the individual. The ideas behind social justice are that people cannot always necessarily be held responsible for their actions because there are societal constraints that are in place that could prevent people from making the right choices and being successful. The ideas behind liberalism today is that people cannot rely solely on hard work and good decisions because we are a nation that is oppressive. We are a nation that has systemic racism, that has a patriarchy, that has systems of discrimination and bigotry built into the very fabric of our country, and those things cannot be overcome. The ideas behind what the leftist narrative is today is that anybody other than a cisgendered straight white male in this country is oppressed. And therefore, we cannot expect people who are oppressed to be successful on their own. We cannot expect them to simply work hard and make good decisions. That That is not fair because they have endured racism and they have endured sexism and so many forms of oppression and discrimination that they have been held down. We have heard figures, very prominent figures such as Michelle Obama and Oprah Winfrey stating these very things over the last few weeks that it doesn't matter how hard people work. It doesn't matter how many good decisions that they make. They cannot be successful and they cannot find success because of the flaws that are in the very systems that we have. This is why what we are seeing right now is the movement to completely dismantle every system in this country. If the problem is in the system itself, then the only solution is to completely dismantle the system. And this is where we are. 
Liberals tend to focus more on equality of outcome and not equality of opportunity. They focus, they look at any sort of outcome that is unequal and they say, okay, this outcome is unequal. You have, as I mentioned earlier, you have some people in this country who are millionaires and billionaires and you have some people who can't even put a meal on the table. Therefore, oppression has to exist. Therefore, bigotry and racism and sex system has to exist in the very levels in the very fabric of the country and all of our systems. And this is the ideology that is being put out there. The idea behind this is that because some people are very wealthy and some people are very poor, those people who are very wealthy had to do something terrible to those people who are very poor in order for this outcome to take place. The idea is that anybody who succeeded, anybody who built a company, anybody who made themselves wealthy, that they had to necessarily do that on the backs of the people who did not make it make it big, who did not become millionaires and billionaires. And that is an injustice. They see injustice in every outcome that is unequal. This is the what was behind the infamous line from President Barack Obama where he said, you know, if you own a business, if you have a business, you didn't build that. This is the ideology behind it. It is the idea that everybody in this country who has found success necessarily had to hurt somebody else in order to find that success. Here is the difference, okay? Conservatives understand that we all have different things in our lives that have created different opportunities for us. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and pretend when I say equality of opportunity, what I mean and what conservatives mean when they say equality of opportunity is that if you work hard and if you make good choices, that you could have a successful life. That doesn't mean that you are going to achieve every single dream that you have. It doesn't mean that you are necessarily going to become a billionaire, but it does mean that you can create a fairly comfortable and decent life for yourself. According to a survey done by the Brookings Institute, there are three things that people can do that if they make these choices, that they will not live a life in poverty. Okay, so they they did the survey and they found that people who did these three things out of people who did these three things, only 2% continue to live in poverty. What are those three things? It is to finish high school, get a full time job, have employment and wait until the age of 21 to get married and have children. Those are the three things that if you do those three things, you only have a 2% chance of living a life under the poverty line. What is interesting about those three things is that all three of those things are personal choices that people make. It is not about race. It is not about the socioeconomic level into which you were born. It was not about the type of household that you were born into. All three of those things are personal choices that people make. And yet the narrative is that if you live in the United States, we can't hold you responsible for yourself. We cannot put that responsibility on your shoulders. We cannot tell you that you can achieve a happy life and a successful life if you just work hard and make good choices because they think that that is not true because there is so much systemic oppression in this country. The reality, though, is that the studies and the statistics just do not bear that out. 
Now, when I look at all of this, I think that for politicians on the left, it's pretty clear that they are driven from their desire for power. They put this narrative out there because they want people to vote for them. I know that there are a lot of people in this country who look at politicians. Most people, I, don't, I think, don't look at politicians this way, but there are a lot of people who look at politicians, particularly on the left, and they think that they are pure of heart. They think that, oh man, they just really want to help the poor people and they just really want to help the working man. Okay, they don't. They're politicians. They want power. They want to stay in office. And they feel like the best way for them to stay in office is to tell people, you can't do it without me. You need to elect me to power. You need to elect a Democrat to power in order to have a successful life conservative values are the complete opposite of that. For conservatives, it is, no, we don't need the government. You are perfectly capable of doing it on your own. And if you have hard times and if you have difficult circumstances, we will help you. But otherwise, you need to do it on your own and you can do it on your own. But when it comes to everyday average Americans who are, identify as liberal and who feel like they are on the left, I do believe that the desire to see all of these things take place and to believe in these ideas does come from a place of compassion. People understand that bad things happen in life that are outside of our control. People look around and they say, how can you say that anybody can make it when bad things happen? You know, you have situations where the main breadwinner in a family passes away and now the family is living in poverty. You have people who lose their jobs through no fault of their own because the economy takes the downturn and they lose their houses and they lose everything of it. Of course, all of those things happen. Of course, all of those things happen. But what they do is they take that and they say, okay, some bad things are out of the, our control. Some racism does exist among individuals in this country. Some people might not give somebody a job because of oppression or because of bigotry or, or discrimination. And therefore, we cannot tell people that it is on them. We cannot tell people that if you work hard and if you make good choices, you will be successful because that is not always the case. But the problem is, is that that is actually the recipe for success. And what's really interesting about all of this is that I do not believe that liberals are not hardworking people. And I do not believe that liberal Americans do not make good choices. In fact, I believe just the opposite. So many people that I know in my personal life who are liberal are extraordinarily hard workers and they have made extraordinarily good choices and they are living very successful, comfortable, happy lives. I think that there is a disconnect though between what they are doing to find success and joy and contentment in their life and what they are telling underprivileged people that they have the ability to do. They expand that whole thing that, okay, sometimes bad things happen and it's out of your control. They expand that to this idea that nothing is your fault. Okay. If you are poor, if you are living in poverty, if you are incarcerated, we have to look at the why. Oh, what is the bigger picture here? Why? You were oppressed. You were discriminated against. You came from a really low socioeconomic household or you came from a really underprivileged area and therefore that is why you are suffering. And so it's not your fault. It is not your fault. But here is the problem. When you tell somebody that nothing is your fault, what you are necessarily saying to them is that they have done everything right. Okay, that, that, that's a logical conclusion, right? If nothing is your fault, meaning none of, the, none of the bad situations you find yourself in are your fault, that means that you're telling them then, hey, you did everything right and this bad thing still happened to you. The problem with that is that that might feel compassionate because it feels really mean to turn to somebody and say, hey, 
you know, you might want to take a look at your life and take a look at the choices you made and the decisions you made. And, you know, did you really work very hard or were you kind of lazy and you didn't really show up to work on time? That's really, it feels mean. It feels unkind to turn, to look at somebody who is downtrodden, who is living in poverty, who is in a difficult situation and put the blame on them. But the reality is, is that when you tell somebody, somebody that you did everything right and you're still in a crappy situation, what you're telling them is that there is no way for them personally to get out of that crappy situation. What you are telling them is that the only way that their life is going to get better is if something that is completely outside of their control changes. Okay? You are telling them that the only way that your life is going to get better is if these particular politicians are elected to office. The only way is that if Democrats are elected to office. Therefore, if a Republican wins the next election, you oh my gosh, you're screwed. You're screwed. Your life, your personal life, it is impossible for it to get better. What you're telling them is that unless we burn down the system, unless everything in the United States turns upside down and is burnt to the ground and rebuilt back up, their life cannot get better. And not only is that a complete lie, okay, but that is actually cruel. It is cruel to tell people that they are oppressed. It is cruel to tell people that they are victims and that there is nothing that they can do to help themselves. And this is where liberals have succeeded in twisting all of this around in order to be able to accuse conservatives of being cruel and of being selfish and of being greedy is because they have said, okay, look at how mean conservatives are. They actually expect people to work hard and make the right decisions and take responsibility for themselves. They conflate the fact that we live in an imperfect and flawed world with the fact that, yes, bad things happen, but you can still pick yourself up and you can still make a good life for yourself. None of this is to say that conservative Americans do not understand the hardships that happen in this world that are outside of our control. And it is also not to say that conservative Americans are not interested in helping those who are in poverty or helping those who are poor or helping those who are downtrodden. In fact, the reality is the complete opposite. This is where liberals have succeeded in twisting the narrative and twisting the situation to make it to say, oh, hey, look at these conservatives. They say that you can do it. You can pull yourself up and all of these things. And that is their excuse for being greedy. That is their excuse for not wanting to help out and not wanting to give to the poor and not wanting to pay their high taxes in order for us to redistribute that money to those who are in need. That is what they use. But the reality is, is that, yeah, believe it or not, conservatives understand that bad things happen to people that are outside of our control. Conservatives understand that we live in a fallen world. And the reality is, is that there will always be death. There will always be sickness. There will always be suffering. There will always be poor. Jesus himself said, the poor will always be with us. But that does not mean that we just ignore them. In fact, Christians and conservatives understand fully that we have a mandate by God to take care of those who are less fortunate. This, not all Christians are conservative and not all conservatives are Christian, but Christianity and conservatism does tend to go hand in hand. And the reason for that is because of the values tend to line up together. Christians understand that we are mandated by God to give to those who are less fortunate. But here's the truth. When Jesus came to earth and administered his ministry and gave us the gospels, he did not appear to us and appear to the everyday people and say, hey, you know what you really need to do? You need to give your money to the government so that they can give it to the people who are poor. 
That's not what he said. He came down here and he went to the people and he said, give your money to the poor. Give your stuff to the poor. Give to the poor. Take care of those who are less fortunate. That is what he said. He didn't appear to Pontius Pilate. He didn't appear to Herod and say, hey, you need to take more money from the rich and give it to the poor. That's not what he did. He came to the people and he said, you need to give to the poor. And that is what Christians believe. That is what conservatives believe. We believe that we are responsible for taking care of those who are less fortunate, not the government. And this is not just my opinion on this and, you know, yeah, whatever. That's just an excuse to, you know, keep more of your money. This is actually shown over and over again in study after study that shows that Republicans consistently give more to charity than than Democrats and that people who are religious give more to charity in both time and money than those who don't. People who are religious give an average of 62% compared to 46% of people who are non-religious giving money to charity. People who attend weekly church services give 11 times more money to charity and to good causes than people who do not. The truth is, is that conservatives, yes, believe in lower taxes. Yes, believe in keeping that money, more money for ourselves. But then we prove time and time again in our actions that we are more likely to take that money and turn around and give it to the poor than the people who are advocating for higher taxes so that the government can take care of the poor. The idea is, is that I'm a good person because I want to take money away from the millionaires and billionaires and give it to the poor people. But you're a bad person because you don't want to do that, even though you're giving money out of your own pocket to those who are underprivileged in this country. That is the reality. That is what the numbers and the studies and the figures show us. The reason why conservatives want low taxes is because we don't believe in big government. We don't want the government in control of all of our lives. We don't trust the government. There is so much waste and there is so much of money that it goes into bureaucracy that doesn't go to the people who actually need it. Like taking a look at our public school systems, okay? You have superintendents and administrators in these districts that make hefty six-figure salaries while the teachers are left begging parents for donations of tissue boxes in the winter and having to buy glue sticks out of their own salaries. This is what happens when the government runs stuff. So as conservatives, we say, you know what? We don't want you to take care of it. We will do better taking care of it ourselves. We don't want government involved in healthcare because, again, we don't want the government in control of our healthcare system. We don't think the government is all that great at taking care of these really massive parts of our society. And so we don't want them to do that. But again, we donate the money to those who need it. It's not just about us keeping it all for ourselves. And we think that there are better options in the private sector. Now, here's the thing. You can disagree with that. You can be someone who's on the left and says, you know, sorry, I don't, I think that universal healthcare is a good idea because of all of these reasons. Those are the conversations that people who are on the left and people who are on the right should be able to sit down and have. But the problem is, is that we cannot have that conversation because it goes straight into an attack of our motives. It is not about, okay, you have your reasons why you don't want the government in control of healthcare and I have my reasons why I think that's the best solution. No, it is... You don't want the government in control of healthcare because you're greedy and you want to keep your money and you don't care if poor people die. That is where I go back to the fact that Republicans and Republican politicians have failed miserably in adequately explaining our positions to the American people. 
I will never forget back when Paul Ryan was trying to introduce a bill to revamp things with, I think it was Medicare at the time. And because he sees that this program is massive, that it is going to run out of money eventually, that this is not something that is sustainable. And so he was trying to offer some modifications for it. Now, again, you could agree with that or you could disagree with that. That's perfectly fine. But the, what the Democrats did at the time was they ran an ad that showed an actor who was supposed to be Paul Ryan literally pushing a grandmother off of a cliff in her wheelchair. And that is the narrative that the Democrats run with. And Republicans, what have they done? They respond to that with they stand up there on the on the floor of Congress with their charts and their figures. And that's their response to it. It doesn't work. Okay, Republicans have failed to adequately explain to the American people why it is that we believe the things we do, why it is that conservatives believe what we do. And when we have given up on Hollywood and, you know, conservatives in Hollywood, are, they silence themselves and they censor themselves because they want to keep their jobs. And people in the universities do the same thing. They censor themselves because they want to keep their jobs. Republican and conservative students censor themselves because they just want to get their degree and get out of there so they can have their career and, you know, have their successful life. So this is where we are going. More and more, we are going down the path of conservatives not adequately explaining their values. And it is, has opened the door for the left to come in and paint conservatives as evil, horrible, greedy, selfish people. The conservative belief in individuality and individualism does not come from a place of selfishness. It comes from a place of understanding that in this life, the only thing that we really have control over are our own actions. We have a vote and we can go on election day and vote. We can be activists. We can talk about our beliefs. Obviously, that's what I'm doing here. But at the end of the day, the only thing that we have control over are our own actions. This is where the conservative belief in individualism lines up with reality. The whole idea of worry about yourself and focus on what you can do is based on the idea that when we all do that, when we all say, okay, what can I do to make the world a better place? You are going to make the world a better place. And we're in this weird place where people want to focus so much on the big stuff. They want to focus on the big picture. I'm going to be an activist and I'm going to change the world. We're going to burn down the systems and we're going to fundamentally change America. But the reality is, is that the most that we can do in this world is as individuals. Mother Teresa famously said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. One of the most important things that I think we can do as individuals, as human beings, is raise decent children, raise good children to grow up and be giving charitable, productive members of society. And that is something that value of raising children is something that has been completely put on the back burner in this country. It is something that is not valued very highly at all. The idea of focusing on creating a loving and happy home and giving and helping out your family members and your friends. The idea of going out into your community and giving to charity and volunteering your time. All of these things are really traits that are more and more being lost in our country. Charitable giving in our nation is down and it is continuing to decline year after year. And I truly believe that the reason for that is because the mentality of Americans more and more is the government should take care of it. I shouldn't have to give to somebody because I support high taxes, which means that the government is going to take care of people. 
And the truth is, is that the government just isn't good at taking care of people. We have had war on poverty for how long? We have had social safety nets in this country for how long? And yet we still have so many people living in poverty. The reality is, is that in order to make the world a better place, we have to do that as individuals. And I think that conservative values fall along those lines. It is not that we believe that we should just throw our hands up in the air and say, oh yeah, some people are poor and some people are suffering. Oh, well, not my problem. And again, the numbers show that conservatives and religious right-wing Americans don't act that out. Don't behave in a way that shows that that is what we believe. We believe in giving. We believe in taking care of people who are in dire situations. But we also believe in lifting people up. We also believe in encouraging people by telling them that, you know what? Stop believing that you're a victim. Stop believing that you were oppressed. You live in the freest and most prosperous country in the history of mankind. And you are blessed to live in this country. And yes, we are we have our challenges that we need to work through. And that's fine. And we can work to make the world a better place. But you are not a victim and you can lift yourself up if you work hard and you make the right choices. Those are conservative values. And that is honestly what I hope to talk about more on future episodes of this podcast is just what it is that I believe and what it is that conservative values are, because I think that those really are the values that lead not only to a peaceful and prosperous country, but also to the best quality of life for individual people and individual Americans. It's really easy to talk about kind of the politics of the day and what politicians have, you know, said about each other and all of those things. But these are the conversations that I wish more of us were having. What are conversations about values, conversations about our positions on a variety of issues, not attacking each other, but just talking about the differences and expressing why we believe that our ideas are the right ones. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps each and every week. Also, please share this episode with a family member or friend so we can help spread the word. You can follow me on Twitter at JJNAmerican. You can also message the show by sending an email to JJ at I'mJustAnAmerican.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I'mJustAnAmerican. Thank you for taking a moment out of your day to talk about some of the basic tenets of conservatism and liberalism in our nation. I'll be back next time for a deep dive into issues plaguing American life from the perspective of Just an American. Music for this podcast was written and performed by Michael Beatty. You can find him on Twitter at MichaelBeatty3.